Welcome to these Bible lessons on the Old Testament. In these lessons, we'll cover God's magnificent creation of all the world, including the creation of man, the crown of God's creation. We'll follow with the sad fall of man in paradise and the consequences this brought to the world. In the continuing lessons, we'll teach how God visits men with the revelation of His covenant of grace. When we travel together through the entire Old Testament, we see God visiting His nation of Israel with revelations of this covenant of grace, pointing constantly to the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope these lessons are a blessing to you. Thank you. Welcome to Lesson 19 in our Old Testament Bible History series. In this lesson, we learn about the better desire of Jacob. You can read about this in Genesis 25. Before we begin, I'd like to imagine that you have received a set of jewels from a far-off grandmother. Maybe this grandmother lived over 200 years ago, and she has passed on from one grandmother to the next, this valuable set of jewels, a family heirloom. Now, the value of these diamonds and sapphires are not really in the value of the diamonds itself, but the value is because it comes from your grandmother. You've received this inheritance from your grandmother. And now it comes to you, and your mother says, now it's your turn. Be careful with them. Don't lose them. Treasure them. They're very valuable. Now, what do you think your mother would think and even your grandmother would think if you treated them caref carelessly, just threw them in the corner of a room, you lost one here or there, and you gave one away, and maybe later you sold the rest of them at a second-hand store so that you can go off and buy a snack at the beach. Well, your mother would probably say that you have despised your inheritance. Let's try to find that example in this story that we're about to learn about two boys. And so let's enter our story as the younger boy, the first boy in our story, Jacob. He is cooking over a fire a pot of stew, and he chats happily with his mother about this favorite recipe of his. Hey, would you like some, mother? He says. And his mother responds and says, Yes, my dear son, Jacob. But probably just make enough for you and I, because your father probably won't want any. He prefers that venison. He prefers that meat from Esau, your older brother. And so as, as the mother is leaving the tent, Esau comes in. Esau is the older brother in this story, and he's red with exhaustion. He's faint. He's near death because he has been out hunting in the middle of the hottest part of the day. And he slumps on the floor and he says, Jacob, give me some of that stew. I'm about to die. Who are these two boys? 
who are these two boys, Jacob and Esau? In order for us to find that out, we'll need to go back about 40 years. And it's after the time of the marriage of Isaac to Rebekah that the Bible becomes quite silent about some of the events in those years. We know that Abraham becomes a little bit older. He marries Keturah, and with her, he receives six sons. And 35 years later, Abraham is about to die, and he calls these sons to him, and he gives them gifts, and he sends them away. Because the birthright of Abraham is going to be passed on to Isaac. It's not going to go to the sons of Keturah. It is not going to go to Ishmael. It will go to Isaac. Now that might seem obvious to us because Isaac is the only legal son. And so the birthright, of course, would belong to him. Maybe you've got the question, what is this birthright? Well, the birthright was a privilege that was given to the oldest son, usually, in a family. It meant that when his father died, the possessor of the birthright would now become the head of this family clan. It would be his task to care for the family, to lead the family, to protect and care for them, to become the family priest and to lead in worship. The possessor of the birthright would also receive a double share of the father's inheritance. So there were some great material blessings connected with this birthright. Also connected with this birthright was the blessing of God. To possess this divine birthright was the greatest blessing that anyone could hope to possess. To be in the family of the future Savior, to be to be the to be the far-off grandfather of the future Redeemer was the greatest blessing that any son could hope for. And so we see in our story here that Isaac is blessed. He is given the blessing of the birthright, and God blesses him richly. But there is one thing that Isaac and Rebekah do not have, and that is they have not received children. Isaac prays to the Lord often about this, and his prayer is heard. And soon Rebekah is expecting. In fact, she is expecting twins. And she feels a struggle within herself, and Rebekah prays to the Lord about this. And the answer of the Lord to her is very clear. The Lord says to Rebekah that two nations are in your womb, two manner of people are in your womb, and the older is going to serve the younger. So we see here that in response to this struggle, Rebekah finds out that it is going to be different with her two children The older is going to serve the younger. The older is not going to get the birthright, but rather the younger one will. In the future, we would see that the nation of Israel will come from the younger son, and the nation of Edom is going to come from the older son. And in between these two nations, Edom from Esau 
and Israel from Jacob, there's always going to be hostility and suspicion between them. So we see the, that in the lives of these two boys, there is a picture of the future relationship between the two nations that will come from them. As I mentioned, it was the custom that the older son would always receive the birthright. He would receive the double share of the inheritance. He would receive the family leadership. He would receive the blessing of God. And Rebecca finds out now that with her sons, with her family, it's going to be different. And in time, these two twins are born and they become young men. At about the age of 15, their grandfather Abraham dies. Esau has turned into the favorite of his father Isaac, and he was a, he was a hunter, and Isaac loved the meat that Esau would bring home. Esau was a very red man. He was hairy. He was rough. He was rugged. He was a hunter. The Bible describes him as a man of the field which lets us know that he was worldly. He did not value the birthright or the blessing of God. He valued what the world could offer him. Jacob, on the other hand, was a smooth man with fair skin. He loved agriculture. He loved to stay at home. He became the favorite of his mother. The Bible describes him as a plain man. And from what we can learn, we see that within this household, there's a lot of backbiting. There was a lot of gossip. There was not a very good relationship when parents have favorites among their children. And so we see here that uh, in this story that this blessing and this birthright belonged to Esau. And Jacob, he knew that, and he learned about this birthright. He learned about the blessings attached to it. He learned about it from his mother. He learned about it from his father, Isaac, and most certainly from his grandfather, Abraham. And Jacob really wanted that blessing. He wanted to be the family leader. He wanted the double share. There were some really nice things there that he desired. But he especially, over all those other things, he really wanted that blessing of God. He wanted God's blessing in his life. He needed it. That was a good desire, Jacob. And that's a good desire for you and I to have as well. Jacob longed for this blessing of God. Jacob had a better desire than Esau because Esau did not really value the blessing of God as he should have. And so from what we know from these two boys, we can be sure that they had conversations about this birthright. And that's how we come back to our story. Esau comes into the tent from the middle of his hunt. He's red with exhaustion and near death. He says, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. This is the moment that Jacob has been waiting for. He has been scheming and planning about how to get this birthright. And so he says to his brother Esau, 
Sell me your birthright, and then I'll give you some stew. Esau agrees quickly, and Jacob makes Esau swear an oath so that he cannot go back on this. Esau sells his birthright for a meal. The Bible tells us that Esau ate, he drank, he got up, and he went his way. And Esau despised his birthright. Later on, he wept about this, but there was no returning from this sin that he did. What is the connection then about this story of two brothers and two desires for us today? How does it let us know about how to live or what does it tell us about the plan of God for the salvation of his church? Well, first of all, we are going to find out very clearly from this story something about God, about who God is. And next, we're going to find out about how Esau is used as a lesson and an example for us today. Who God is. We have learned about God as a judge, about an almighty God, but we especially see here in this story that God is sovereign. Now, I have mentioned that word before and often used it in connection with the word king. So God is sovereign, which means he rules like a king over his creation. Let's look closer at God as a sovereign God. God being sovereign lets us know that God is above all creation. He has created everything, and that means he can rule over everything that he has created. God is free and able to do whatever he wants. Sometimes we call that God's will. God's will is the first thing and the final thing for the reason anything happens. There is no one or anything that can successfully oppose God or stop God. So in this story, we see that it is God's will that Esau was going to serve Jacob. Because if we read closely in the Bible, we can see that Jacob was chosen over Esau before they were born, before Jacob or Esau could do anything good or do anything evil, Jacob was chosen over Esau. He was chosen because it was God's divine, perfect, and good will to lift up Jacob over Esau. We call that election. Election is God's free choice of who will be saved. So God's election of Jacob over Esau, that came from within God. And it had nothing to do with the personality or the characteristics or the choices of Jacob or Esau. So we can see that God's choice of election comes from within himself according to his own good will. God's kingly right to choose who will be saved is called election. 
And Paul explains this idea or doctrine of election in Romans 9, verses 10 through 16, using the example of Jacob and Esau. I recommend that you read those verses for yourself later on. Next, did you know that the Apostle Paul also uses the example of Esau in Hebrews 12, verse 16? If we read that verse, it says, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Profane. Esau is described as profane. Profane Esau or unholy Esau, or Esau who lacked any relationship with God. Or we could describe Esau as having no desire for God. The main point of those few verses in Hebrews 12, especially verses 15 and 16, is that Paul is warning the Hebrews of failing of the grace of God. He is warning them of the danger of not having true saving grace, even though they're in church and they call themselves a Christian. To prove that point, he uses the example of profane Esau. Esau was privileged. He had the birthright. But he despised that birthright for simply a meal. He preferred himself. He did not prefer the blessing of God. We are like Esau then when we despise our spiritual inheritance, when the Bible, prayer, opportunities to praise, and attending church are not important to us. God has opened in his word, through faith in Jesus Christ, the way to true happiness. The world is unable to offer us anything close to that. Let us not despise the spiritual inheritance that is given to us. And so we learn a lesson here about the life of Esau. And that is that when we turn away from God, the reason for that is because we prefer the things of the world. We prefer the things of the world then when we turn away from God over the blessings of God. Jacob, on the other hand, desired the blessing of God. So in conclusion, we have met two brothers here. While they were twins, they were very, very different. The one desired the world. The other had a better desire. In our next lesson, we're going to meet with Jacob and we're going to see how he really lives up to the meaning of his name.